So um, this is Advent Sunday number one, and uh, very exciting. And so I thought I'd look up and find out what is the kind of traditional uh, subject to teach, preach on, on, on Advent Sunday one. And I find it's about the patriarchs. So on the first uh, Sunday of Advent, we think about the patriarchs, the people who uh, were the ancestors. It said ancestors in uh, in John's reading, and it said, fathers, on your screen, patriarchs, we're talking about the same thing. And the other week, um, on the 18th of November, in my daily reading of the Bible, I came across chapter 13 of Acts. And uh, as I was reading, I tend to read the whole Bible through um, chapter, about a chapter of the Old Testament, a chapter of the New, and a psalm every day, more or less every day. And so I, it takes me two years to get through the Old Testament, but... I came to this chapter and I thought, well, this is a perfect sermon about the patriarchs because what you've just heard is the most succinct uh, description of, uh, of, the, of the patriarchs and, and the people who led up to Jesus from the master Paul. So we pick up and we meet Paul and his companions on their first missionary journey. Uh, he's gone to Pisidian Antioch, which is not the Antioch uh, on the coast of the Mediterranean. It's actually in the middle of Turkey. Uh, in the modern-day Turkey. And as is Paul's want, he would go to the synagogue uh, every, every Sabbath, and they would sit down and they always read the Law and the Prophets from the big scroll. And after they've read the Law and the Prophets, the synagogue ruler says to Paul, will you give us a message of encouragement? Now, actually, John's version is a word of exhortation, but it said message of encouragement on the screen, which is what I've taken from here. A word of encouragement... Do we all need a word of encouragement? Yeah. Do you say to people when you come to church, how are you? And do they say, I'm fine? Mm. What does fine mean? It means feeling inadequate, needing encouragement. Mm. You know, we Christians, we, we don't always tell the truth, do we? You know, we come to church, we're not all fine actually. Um, we've just been to Kenya and where you go, whenever you go in Kenya the, the little children say, how are you? How are you? I'm fine. How are you? And um, so it's, it's the only English that they learn. I'm fine. We all need encouragement. And we need people who give us encouraging stories. Now Karen and I, when we first got married, went to John Bunyan, uh, to Bunyan Meeting Church in Bedford uh, where we were living at the time. And of course we, we were well familiar with Bunyan's hymn, um, he who would valiant be. And one of the verses says, Whoso beset him round with dismal stories, do but themselves confound his strength the more is. You know, do you know the, the, the people who have the dismal stories? Well, I've met a few of them in my time. And um, e even the gentleman on Christmas Day who came up to me and his greeting was, I'm, I'm a bit worried about that line in your will. He'd helped me to write a will. But on Christmas Day, he talked about my will. I think, thank you very much. Bless you, brother. Thank you so much for that encouraging story. Anyway, so um, Paul brings, is asked to bring a message of encouragement from the law and the prophets. Well, reading all the way through the Old Testament, the law, Leviticus. Today, I give you an encouragement from Leviticus. And an encouragement from the prophets. Jeremiah. But actually, you know, there is an encouragement from the prophets and the law, which Paul expertly demonstrates here. And, uh, and particularly in verse 17, this is a key verse, I think, in this passage for today's 
title of the patriarchs point to Christ. Verse 17, the God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. This talks about who God is. He is the God of the people. The people Israel, he is the God of of that people, and he's now our God as well. Um, But he chose our fathers. So the patriarchs are important because God chose them. And that is why we're here today. So here we have, in just um, five or six verses, a very succinct sermon, and I hope this one won't be very much more long, much longer than that. Um, a succinct sermon about Old Testament history in five verses. Well, when Karen and I were in Kenya, just, just about a month ago, I can't believe it really, um, we uh, are uh, involved with a mission called ICFEM, which is Inter-Christian Fellowships Evangelical Mission. ICFEM is much easier. It's an indigenous Kenyan charity, uh, or mission organization, which is transforming communities with the gospel. And that's, that's, what, that's what ICVM is about. And one of the ways they're doing that is by discipleship training. Other ways is education and medical help, and, but discipleship training. And I went out uh, the first time I ever went there on the back of a motorbike, and after about an hour and a half on these very muddy red mud roads, landed up at a small barn in the middle of nowhere uh, and got out off the motorbike, straightened up and went into this barn and there were about 30 or 40 people and they were standing up when they were in Swahili, they were going I can't can't do much Swahili by the way they were doing all these things and saying things in Swahili and I was sitting there and suddenly they went Joshua, Jordan and then I realised what they were doing Have you ever come across Walk Through the Bible? Yes. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Walk Through the Bible is a thing that was invented by Cliff Keyes to teach you in one day the whole of the Old Testament. And and you you begin like, I I can't even remember part of it. Um, Creation. Oh, no, no. Creation. Fall. Flood. Do you see? And then then you go through the whole of the Old Testament. And that's what they were doing in Swahili. But when they got to Joshua and Jordan, I could understand that because it's the same. Now here we have an incredibly succinct sermon from uh, Paul, um, which we're going to look at today. And it talks about the origins of the people, it talks about their destination, and it talks about the hope and encouragement that we get from knowing where we come from and where we're going. So I'm going to give you a test now. Let's go uh, in your Bibles. We're going to go to... um, Acts 13, chapter, uh, verse 7. So it says, The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. And here's the first section. I want you to identify the patriarch. Okay, ready? He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. You need to go and walk through the Bible, don't you? He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. Which patriarch? Joseph Joseph, yeah, Joseph Joseph became the ruler, didn't he and, and of Egypt, and when, when he'd become the ruler of Egypt, he brought his family the people of, uh, of his father Jacob, otherwise known as Israel brought them into Egypt and they prospered for many, many years until a new pharaoh came and then forgot Yeah, he forgot who, who they were and then, then they got oppressed, okay, so first one Joseph, you only didn't get that one okay, that's Zero out of one so far. 
Um, okay, the next bit is, um, with mighty power he led them out of that country. Moses, good, yes. Okay, he endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. It's Moses again. Moses took them to the... Goodness me, how many animals did Moses take on the ark? <laughs> Dear. Right, okay. Um, it was Moses that led them out of, his, out of Egypt, and you, you, you need to do this, uh, and, uh, and he, he, he led them through the desert for 40 years. Okay. He, uh, now, he, this is God, don't forget, he, overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land as a, uh, to his people as their inheritance. Joshua, yeah, Moses only got as far as the edge of the promised land. It was Joshua that took them into the land. Okay, um, all this took 450 years. So there's 450 years in three, three verses. Okay, after this, God gave them the judges, such as Samuel, uh, Gideon, Ahud, Othniel, um, Deborah, yeah, female judge, don't forget her, very good, very important. Um, Samson, Jeff Dart, yeah. So there were quite a lot of judges. So for a period, they didn't have a, a, anyone, uh, one leader. They had a series of judges, okay, until the time of Samuel, who's the first one that's actually named, who was both a judge and a prophet. Um, now, here the narrative changes. Then the people asked for a king. And have you noticed up until now, it is the God of our of, of, uh, of Israel, the people of Israel chose, he made the people prosper uh, with mighty power, he led them out of that country uh, he endured their conduct, he overthrew do you see, this is all about what God did through these people and then we come to a verse and says the people wanted a king they got fed up with following God, they wanted their own king and so he says, he gave them Saul and then the next line, after removing Saul. So God's sovereignty in here is to give them the king, but then he took the king away, and then he gave them, um, he gave them, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to. So there, in a, in a few verses, is a potted history of the patriarchs of Israel. Um, except that I think there's uh, one missing, or two missing. Can you think of a very important patriarch <coughs> who's not been mentioned? <coughs> Abraham. <coughs> Abraham wasn't mentioned. <coughs> Excuse me. He did mention uh, Israel because Israel and Jacob are the same person. So, uh, but he didn't mention Abraham, he didn't mention Isaac. But when Paul, um, when Paul begins to uh, expound this, he says, brothers, children of Abraham. So, you know, the Jewish people are descended from Abraham. And as Paul tells us in the New Testament, it's not just the physical descendant from Abraham, it's being people of faith like Abraham had. These are the people that he is addressing. And so the main patriarchs then 
uh, we've covered from Abraham right through to David the great king. But then, of course, he backtracks a bit. He talks about Jesus. Uh, uh, Jesus is descended from King David, but then he backtracks and says, John the Baptist, of course. John the Baptist was mentioned that reading, came as the one who was leading them to the, the, the Christ, but he wasn't actually the Christ at all. So he addresses now the children of Abraham and the God-fearing Gentiles. Have we got any Jews here? Anyone Jewish descent? No. Well, we can thank God that actually we are included in this because originally all this message was, uh, was for the Jewish people. All the patriarchs were the people of Israel to whom genetically we do not belong. But thankfully, spiritually, if we believe in Jesus, we do belong because we have been grafted into this great work that God has been doing. So let's just ask a few questions here about um, why, um, why, why the patriarchs give us such good news. Why does learning history teach us good news? I hated history at school. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I was a, I'm a kind of a three science per person, you know. Um, so that, that was my background in science. I, I was rubbish at history. But actually, the more I've studied the history of, of the people of God and the history of the church, the more relevant I find history is, actually. Um, so let's have a look. Why do the patriarchs offer us good news? Well, first of all, the long-expected Jesus, as we sing in one of our Advent carols, was expected because he was promised from eternal years. He, he, he didn't just appear out of the blue. He was promised, he was expected, and all of the law and the prophets point to this one person, Jesus, who is to come. And we haven't got time to go through all of that now. We've just looked at some of the patriarchs. But notice how Matthew and Luke, well, Matthew particularly begins his gospel. What does he begin it with? A genealogy. And we tell, oh, boring. We, we skip over that page, don't we? Uh, but if you are Jewish, you don't skip over that page because your heritage is in your genealogy. And who you are is defined by your, um, you know, your ancestors. It's a very popular program at the moment, isn't there, about discovering ancestors? Um, I've, I haven't watched all of them, but who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Well, I am the son of Abraham. That's what the Jewish people would say. Um, and it, it defines who we are. Mark's Gospel begins much more succinctly. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Uh, and and it, it just begins with a really uh, very succinct summary of the Christmas story. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, is who he is, he has come, he's been expected. Finally, God has brought him through his sovereign power. Uh, and, and secondly, uh, after this passage, when Paul starts to expound it, he talks about the message of salvation. The message of the patriarchs has always been one of salvation. We tend to think of the Old Testament as being all about God uh, condemning this and that, but it isn't. It's all about God rescuing people. When he sent Noah, he didn't send it to condemn the world, he sent Noah to save the world. When, when, he, when the world was going away from him, he sent Abraham and said, I'll start a new nation through Abraham and his descendants. And then when the people were stuck in, uh, in, in Egypt, uh, in the famine, he sent Joseph to rescue them 
and take them to Egypt. He sent Moses to rescue them. All the way through, it's about a rescue story of salvation. Right up to, of course, Jesus, whose name means God saves. It's about forgiveness of sins. And if you, if you go back to the Leviticus, you'll see there's lots of rules about how you uh, conduct worship, how you purify yourselves from different things. But none of that actually is effective in removing our sin. And yet now, through Jesus, who has died and become the perfect sacrifice, our sins are forgiven and we are set free. Hallelujah. And also, the Old Testament scriptures and the patriarchs point to the resurrection. It's quite hard to find resurrection in the Old Testament, but it is there. Uh, if you were to go and look, there's a test for you. Go and find where's the resurrection uh, prophesied in the Old Testament, but it certainly is. And um, this is Paul, the heart of his message. Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. So he's gone through all of the Old Testament, and they're all nodding, say yes, yes, we know. But then when he says Jesus was raised from the dead, they stop short. Because this is what the gospel is about. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, I'm going home and I'm going to get another job. Okay? Because I've got nothing to offer. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, then uh, we are still in our sins and, and we are we're fools for believing something that isn't true. But it is true because Christ is raised. Hence, we can never separate Christmas and Advent and Easter. The fifth thing is this, that Jews and Gentiles can become sons and daughters of God. Something that was very hard for the Jewish people at the time of Jesus to understand. They thought they were the chosen people. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. Yes, he did. But what did he say to Abraham when he chose him? He said, through you, all people on the earth will be blessed. The very first time that Abraham is called, the promise is not just for Abraham and his descendants, but all peoples on the earth. And so when Jesus comes, uh, the the, um, prophet Isaiah says, he will be a light to the Gentiles, which is you and me. So thank God we are included in this. We also could become sons and daughters of the living God. And then finally, um, let's come back to this word Advent, the Latin word Adventus, um, which is a translation of the Greek word parousia. Does anyone know what that means? The parousia means the second coming. So when we think about the Advent of Jesus, um, we are linking not only his first coming to earth, but we're also linking that with the fact that he will come again. So Advent is about looking back to the past. It's about preparing for uh, celebrating the coming of the Messiah in a stable in Bethlehem. But it's also about looking forward to the fact that Christ has promised he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Christ uh, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come. Should we try that again? Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And um, although there's an awful lot of history in there, that's what we hold on to. 